0: Should you manage your valuable structured data on-site or off-site? Who owns your knowledge graph, really? We weigh in on that concept with Martha Van Burkle of Schema App today on the web. Go! Your weekly digital marketing trends with industry trend-setting guests.
1: Powered by your digital marketing pioneers, Site Strategics.
0: This week's featured
1: guest is Martha Van Burkle, CEO and co-founder of Schema App. Now, here's your host, Aaron Sparks.
0: Welcome to The Edge. This is Edge of the Web Radio. I'm your host, Aaron Sparks. Every week we bring you some amazing guests to talk to regarding digital marketing trends and techniques. We unpack a key marketing topic for you, our digital marketing audience. So whether you're part of an agency or a freelancer or part of a firm, this show is for you. So check out everything over at edgeofthewebradio.com. That's edgeofthewebradio.com. We've been doing this for 10 years, lots of content there, and a lot of fresh stories regularly being popped out. We actually are doing two shows each and every week. Proud to have Site Strategics as a title sponsor of Edge of the Web. Our firm is a 19-year-old digital marketing firm, one of the top in our region for SEO, technical SEO, entity SEO, as well as focusing on conversion optimization for your website. Check us out over at sitestrategics.com or just call us and we'll give you a free hour consultation, 877-736-4932. Just want to let you know who will be coming up on the show for the next few episodes. We're going to be talking to Daniel Chiang as well as Gemma Houghton. Check out the recent shows, Areej Abu Ali, Brody Clark, and Greg Finn. If you're interested in being part of the show, just drop us a line at info at edgeofthewebradio.com. Hey, write this podcast if you would. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know what you think about our recent shows. If you go to writethispodcast.com forward slash edge today, this helps us get in front of new listeners. Just give us what you thought of was a worthwhile rating for the show here. We would certainly appreciate it. Check out our weekly news podcast covering the most recent digital marketing news and Google updates. Judith Lewis actually joined us on the news this week. This week, we covered the shuttering of Neva, major fines from the EU on Facebook, and the ban on TikTok in Montana, and the most recent AI news with Google's new regulation wish list at the top of the list. So with that, let's pivot around and interview this week's industry expert guest. All right, I'm going to reintroduce you to Martha Van Burkle. She's been in the structured data industry literally leaving her corporate job at Cisco 14 years. She actually joined Mark Van Burkle on his entrepreneurial journey, building out semantic technology. We discussed the origin of Schema app on our previous show, so go check that out. But they've been on a pursuit of developing the best way to organize entity data as it applies to an organization and be able to present that in JSON-LD format on a website. And there's a huge amount inside that application that we want to talk about. But first and foremost, I want to introduce Martha VanBurkel back on the show. Thank you for joining us again.
1: Super excited to be here. Thanks. It's my favorite thing to talk about. So let's dig in.
0: (laughs) So I just caution us at this point in time because we chase squirrels and we love talking about this. This could go very many different ways here. And we're geeking out over here at site uh, regarding structured data as well. We see this as a huge boon for every site, especially in light of chat GPT and all the glut of possible AI generative content. These are the silver bullets to be able to actually kill off those type of offenders in the marketplace because whenever truth is at the core of this and Google is actually seeing very well-kept libraries of information about Topics that you're discussing, the organization entities, the individuals inside the organization, any chatbot is not going to be creating that. So the difference is going to be even the chasm of difference is going to be even more monumental as we go forward into this new era of robot generative information. So there's the prognostication there. Would you concur? Yes. (laughs)
1: Uh, um, Yeah. Well, you know, my brain was sort of going to, you know, like it's actually a a cool opportunity for SEOs. Like we talked about SEOs being the hero. Mm -hmm. Like I do think that schema markup done right, you know, creates another opportunity for the SEO to be the hero beyond like RI, which is what we talked about in the last show and more around like being prepared for this change, right? Like Schema markup done right builds a knowledge graph and that knowledge graph teaches machines about your marketing content. Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, the semantic technologists and us like get excited because if you work with someone like Schema App and you can export that knowledge graph, like you now have this like marketing data layer that you can use and lots of cool AI kind of use cases. So that's the part that I get excited about to be like, you know, this isn't just fun and like, you know, you should do this because it's the right thing to do for Google, but like do it if you want to sort of be AI ready for the future. Yeah,
0: I mean, you can actually influence AI and chat generative by, I mean, the bots, the the technology is looking out for this type of layer of referenceable and citable information. And it could very well be where optimization takes over inside of that chat window and create those citable links because trust has to be at the core of... I mean, that's been the challenge here. I mean, we, we were talking offline about an experiment I was running. It was summarizing the, the article fine. And it also identified things that it was talking about when it tried to look up those things on Wikidata, literally, chat was getting everything wrong. So it's going to be hungry for, if not only, it already is, for good referenceable information on websites that are cited and footnoted, so to speak. So we covered... And
1: it understands the vocabulary too. Like we've been doing quite a bit of R&Ds with regards to sort of it being able to understand a page and then be able to ask questions to it and so forth. So at least some of the models like have been trained on the schema.org vocabulary. And so like it's a kind of a... A launch point, right? Because if it already understands the vocabulary and your stuff's already ready in that way, what a great control point or what a great way sort of for SEOs, again, to make that real and relevant.
0: Amen, amen. We talked about the history of structured data in the last show, so go check that out. I wanted to pivot around and understand you know, the communication of concepts and relationships to Google. I mean, we're a marketing show, we're arming SEOs regularly with best techniques. Let's talk about some best practices of structured data deployment. How often do you actually recommend reviewing existing schema that's in place?
1: So I often talk like this comes around like the content of the website, right? Mm -hmm. So we, we often ask the question of like, well, how often is the content changing? And the content changing isn't just like how much is the content changing in sort of like Oh, you're updating and sort of editing or sort of creating new sort of blocks of text. But also, like, how is the platform evolving? Like, are you redoing and resetting up pages mm-hmm. and sort of looking at new experiences, new journeys? Anytime those changes happen is when you should be looking also at your structured data. So that's sort of like from a planning forward sort of managing change. And so often when I talk about the schema markup process, when we talk about, you know, like strategy and then authoring deployment, you know, this is sort of that maintenance kind of mm-hmm. and monitoring piece. Yeah. It often comes up if you're sort of like not sort of actively asking those questions about what's changing. It'll like be when you go into Search Console and you see errors and warnings because things that used to be there aren't there now, mm-hmm. It depending on like how you're deploying it um, and, and sort of what you're using in order to kind of generate that. And then the other place that I always think about is that like you should be always thinking about not just like reviewing it, but think about how it should evolve when you're doing your planning, sort of like, you know, what pages do you want to get a higher click-through rate on? Or like, where are you, where are your high converting pages within your your journey? You know, just like your checklisting through those other basic SEO things, you know, like, is the content relevant to the question? Like in the intent, is it, you know, tie back to the offerings of where we want to have them click through next in their journey? How do I want it to show up in their rich results hmm. is another question you should be asking. So in that process, Like, whether you have it existing and you're maintaining and monitoring it based on other dynamic changes in the environment, or you're thinking about net new things, those are the two times I think, like, you should be always, like, checking back and and having a look.
0: I appreciate what you just said there. There's also... Um, correct me if I'm wrong, a pursuit that the SEO has to do to be able to understand the concepts that Google actually knows about a particular topic. Now, we spoke earlier about the company owning the knowledge graph. Is anything that's special uh, and nuanced to the company and how it does certain things? You're, you're helping educate Google, but you should be in control of that, but you're also going to be citing references in combination with that of just to disambiguate what you're talking about, and there's always expansion of, keep on going back to that universe concept, there's always expansion of concepts and, and what is in the Knowledge Graph API, so going back to, and there's a number of tools out there to be able to explore the API and be able to see how well, we don't have that mapped We don't have that concept in content. Let's go ahead and pull that into structured data only whenever we maybe have addressed and updated the content on the page. So we can talk about that as well. Would that be a good strategy to be able to pursue constantly connecting and understanding different things as it applies to specialties that people are writing about? Or am I, am I backward there?
1: No, like I sort of take it one step higher in that sort of like, well, well, you know, if we're talking about, I always like try to k- take it back to business, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so while the topics are interesting, what I really want to know is like, what is that person exploring within that buyer journey, yep. right? So I kind of like to take it up one level, and so like, you know, what are the questions they're asking? There's that tool of like people also ask, like people always ask, or, mm-hmm. or, so, like, you know, asked or what's doing? Like, yep. yeah, and it's like a big picture of like all the questions that people are asking around a topic, but then you have to also tie that like, is that relevant to your business exactly. and so forth? And so, so I often like think about it like, well, if we think about what are the gaps in the user journey as they're sort of deploying different pieces and exploring different elements. And then are there topics then that like you need to write about? That's a big gap. And then, you know, if you need ideas and sort of what else to include in that, ChatGPT is actually pretty good at giving you drafts on ideas on things. Um, Or you can also look at sort of, well, what are relevant entities sort of around that piece? But I always like to tie it back to sort of like, well, what is the outcome I'm trying to get? And how do those pieces make sense? And and we do the same in our business, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, we answer these questions, but we're not playing so much in the, you know, basic concepts maybe that we should be building out, right? So we should talk a little bit more about what is entity mapping or like what is like schema markup or what is nested schema markup and so forth. So, you know, we do the same thing as we plan our content and think about it. But I, I think you always have to go back to like to what end and the like start of the buyer journey.
0: We're proud to have Site Strategics as a sponsor of Edge of the Web. We're pioneers in the agile digital marketing methodology. Core specialties that we provide are technical SEO, including core web vitals optimization, search engine marketing, social media marketing, and management, focus on conversion rate optimization, truly focused on results-based marketing that works. We've also developed a unique omni-channel media marketing and content curation process as guided by our weekly R&D from our Edge of the Web interviews, we incorporate the best techniques for our content broadcast strategy and execution. If you're interested in what we can do for you, just give us a call at 877 seo for web or 877-736-4932. You also referenced in our previous show talking about, is this helpful? And this is a great North Star, regardless of if you're operating at the structured data level or the content level, that jettisons a lot of the unnecessary things. And that immediately jettisons the want to be able to put in everything. And it could very well be considered spam. I mean, Google's paying attention to structured data. And you better believe it's paying attention to the noise and things that are off topic, right? They're looking at the content they're looking at AI-generated content. You've seen YMYL go through, you've seen a number of different algorithm changes where if your content wasn't core to the business at hand, it was erroneous and you'd lose ground if it was too tangential, too... Off the outside, the, <laughs> outside the galaxy, right? Yeah. So, or too that. broad as too well, broad. right? Absolutely. Like, I think
1: sometimes, like, if it's too broad, it's good. Like, Eric Eng had this great presentation at PubCon where he talked about like the power of the long tail, right? And those are like really specific mm-hmm. intent-driven concepts, like that. If you have content on those, Lily actually gave a bunch of examples of like hilarious, like super niche content pieces that work really, really well. And so that's like again, not necessarily hunting for all the related entities, but really. Sp- specific questions or kind of, you know, content that Mm -hmm. like the user is looking for that answers that really like long tail query. So I think that's where I'd spend more time.
0: Absolutely. So we can go overboard with schema. It can actually hurt a page. When it comes down to testing schema, what kind of turnarounds should you use uh, or do you use to determine if the testing and validation was successful? And I know you also have in your system, you have valid deployment, but when it gets down to it, if we're adding uh, different nuances, either with your application or hand coding, What's the process of validation? When should we be doing it?
1: Sure. So I think there's like an initial validation when you're first creating your schema markup. Mm -hmm. So whether that be you've installed a new plugin and you're going to automate the schema markup, you're using maybe our editor or a dynamic form in order to generate markup, or in our concept, like using our highlighter where we do things at scale, um, there should be the initial validation when you do those like first pages Mm -hmm. that you're testing it even before you deploy it. Sort of You can use the the schema.org validator sort of if you're looking more for sort of like, is it good JSON-LD? You can use the rich result test tool in order to understand sort of like, are you going to achieve the rich results? Like, is it actually meets those needs? And then once you deploy it, we would do that validation again. So we would then want to see sort of like, is the code showing up as we expect it? And you can imagine like for a single page, that's often easy. When we do it at scale, we also want to test it across like different variations of a page to understand how it's going. The next piece then that we would look at is looking in Search Console. So is Google seeing it, right? Mm -hmm. And this kind of like plays to right now, today, you have to deploy schema markup, it has to be on the website to be crawled by Googlebot in order for it to sort of work um, or be valid, you know, although they've talked about being able to publish it. So we're super excited about that because we've been ready to kind of send it to an API for a long time. But once it's on page, then you want to validate, like, is Google seeing it, right? Because if Google's not able to consume it and see it, and there can be lots of different reasons why Google's not seeing it. So if you're using a tag and you have lots and lots of tags, and but your content's super slow in order to sort of like load the page, that can sometimes have an impact. Sometimes you actually like didn't get it properly on the page or you haven't. If you put it through a tag manager, the tag manager wasn't deployed properly. Lots of reasons why, right? But you want to figure out and make sure that, like, that is indeed being seen. And these type of validations are like, this is why we have expert customer success teams sort of that works with our clients in order to sort of make sure that validation's there. And then once we start seeing those instances, right, show up in Search Console, that would be sort of the next piece that we'd want to look at. And then finally, we want to start seeing, like, is there actually clicks being rewarded, impressions and clicks um, for that rich result? So that's sort of like, is it working? Right. Right? Like that's that first validation piece. Then the question is, is, is it valuable?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So the metrics to be able to apply there, and if they don't take it away from us, because Google Search Console is certainly having fun with their interface. As of this recording, we are under the understanding that page user experience is going away. Uh, mobile testing is going away. They're pulling those off. Of the dashboard itself, they're not going to allow us to see the progress that you're making on the site. So, who knows? Hopefully, this is going to be expanding that we can actually see more and more validation of our rich snippets or rich uh, pieces in the water. But from a validation standpoint, impressions, obviously, clicks, getting into that thermal layer threshold of that one through three, four through 10 environment, that always is that watershed moment where that actually turns into ROI. But you also have some cool tools over at Schema App. And again, this is not a promotion. This is me just geeking out on the tool. You've got an analyzer. You've got an analyzer that will actually spider an entire website and see all of the issues, the errors, the warnings, the validation of the different schema types that are actually firing across the entire website. Tell us about that tool in particular.
1: Sure. So our analyzer has been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. So it really allows you to sort of like look at the health and especially if you're deploying schema in lots of different ways, like this can be really useful, right? So like, you know, maybe you're using a plugin, maybe you've manually done some work, you know, it allows you to kind of look at that holistic picture of health. Mm-hmm. And that crawler like is used at Schema App in lots of other reasons. Like, so we can actually crawl the schema markup up and generate a knowledge graph, which is kind of like an interesting use case sort of as we look at sort of reuse of knowledge graphs. But, you know, like it really is the intent of being able to use that to then sort of, I'll say, like, leap onto like, well, what should you fix or what is a recommendation? So that's sort of like where that sort of foundational yeah. piece is going mm-hmm. to. Where I thought you are going to get excited is around schema performance analytics. Oh, and- yeah.
0: Well, I was opening the door. The analyzer is one thing, but now, OK, so you got the analytics as well. So you're going to have to tell me about that because I haven't looked at that one yet. I haven't seen it. We 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 got to we got to jump in there and dig it around. Tell me about the, anal- uh, the analytics.
1: All right. Yeah. So schema performance analytics. We we launched it in November to our enterprise clients. So that's who primarily is using it today. And we are exploring about like how do we actually make it available, frankly, to anyone who's doing schema markup. So you wouldn't have to actually author a schema markup with us in mm-hmm. order to look at it. And what we've pulled into schema performance analytics is a lot of the learning of having conversations around like how do you actually show that value, right? How do yep. you show the ROI? And so while it will looks at you know. I say like the broad thing we look at in Search Console is like, you know, how is FAQs working? Like, how is that kind of overall rich result performing? Mm -hmm. But then when you get into the business, it's like, well, how is it performing on these types of pages or in this line of business or in this type of content? And and when you get into that sort of specific type of reporting, you can actually look at the click-through rate for when the rich results being rewarded Mm. and when it's not being rewarded. And so often when we do, um, my brain was going to testing when we were talking about validation. Earlier, like right. we'll do these like 60-day experiments where we're like, well, let's try FAQ on these pages or how to and see which one Google is rewarding more often and which one yields the higher click-through rate. Because that can then inform you know strategy. Like right. if we're not just trying to delight our customers. So sometimes like we're doing an FAQ where we want it just super, super easy for people to get information, then like having a lower click-through rate or you know, conversion onto the website is less important, exactly. right? Because yeah. we're delighting the customer. But and you're if higher end, up in
0: that box, buyer's journey as well. Exactly.
1: Right? Yeah. yeah. Or maybe like you're, it's like a support user case, right? Like where it's like, or oh, well, we're, we're trying to just avoid calls to our support center. So we're quite happy for them to get that answer in the search. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, if you're actually trying to convert them to like, continue their journey on the site, then like, that's less good, right? And so then we can say, okay, well, which rich result makes sense for what content? And is it achieving that outcome that we want? And so schema performance analytics allows you to not just look at that by page sets, by page content type by line of business, URL by URL. Mm-hmm. And so we can like get out our scalpel and then be like, okay, so of these hundred URLs, like... 85 of them We're getting super high click through rate. We're really happy about it, but these 15 were not. And so now we also can then, in the Schema Performance Analytics, look at like what query data are showing up that are questions. Mm-hmm. And we can give very specific recommendations on sort of like, we want to see the content evolve to have these type of questions on it, because we think then we can get the conversion. So we've kind of taken all the things we've been doing for years and doing manually. And then we've created the ability for you to do that and answer those questions. So you can show ROI, right? To get back to like the SEO being the hero right. that you can really really kind of show that value and also influence like content and other groups within the organization with data so that's that's sort of what we've built um yeah and we're excited to kind of share that more broadly
0: over, And over you're doing it year. at scale and that's one of the most important things here and again we're a big fan of inlinks over there and and, and what Dick and Joan has and we always like in what InLinks does from a link rendering tool set. You can actually point all the guns of the battleship at a new pillar page or a new focused page to be able to give lift to that. Schema app is in the same vein. You can actually test at scale FAQ deployment right. as opposed to manually at each level. So let's talk about the difference there between an on-site at an individual page tool that's in the CMS itself and a external applications such as Schema app and these other tools that I've been referencing. Sure. And what are the pros and cons in that space? Certainly if you're offsite, it's literally offsite. So let's talk about that first. How does your application compare in that space?
1: Sure. So I often like start by just like black box versus like transparent box <laughs> as a starting point. So so plugins like broadly are great if you're sort of fall into like their structured needs. So you're, you're doing blog postings, you're doing products, you have category pages, like you're working sort of within the structure of like what's available there. Mm-hmm. But often like there's not a lot of options within that. And that works for a lot of companies, right? So again, like we have a Shopify app, right? Because like we can do the blogs, we can do the category pages, we can do the products really, really well. Without you sort of needing to edit anything, it just like turn it on, get it done, make it happen. But As you have more complex data or you work in sort of even more niche areas, such as healthcare and finance, so we do a lot of work in healthcare and finance, but that also goes for like tech companies or very sort of niche service companies. You need to actually take out that scalpel. Like you want to actually be really specific about what that page is about, right? This is sort of the tip I was giving at the end of the last show where it's like, you know, like you really need to articulate like what that page is about and you also want to talk about sort of or get that rich result. And so I say like the big differentiator that with that we play is like we give you that ability to do customized schema markup, whatever you want to do mm-hmm. on any type of content with any CMS or any architecture. So if you have multiple CMSs, if you have like different pieces, we can do it all. Mm-hmm. And so especially for organizations where it's not as plug and play and you know they really want to be competitive and have an edge, we can help them do that. And we can execute on... I'll say like more advanced strategies and more kind of test, experiment, measure, can go apply that best practice, mm. as well as sort of the agility. And most of my competitors out there, while they have great software, they don't offer any support. And mm-hmm. so like you sign up and it's like, I really hope I get the value from this. Like one thing that we've done at Schema App is you know we partner you with a customer success manager who is going to measure the value and journey with you and make recommendations so that you can really make sure that you're getting that huge output and then our intent is to train agencies on how to do that so that you can be that trusted advisor using our tools in order to do that That's so that, like a big difference is sort of like customization right like that you can get whatever you want and you can test lots of stuff and all have all the semantics like you're not mm-hmm. giving away being able to do like cool semantics and you have the analytics so we call ourselves like that end-to-end solution and we're a glass box like you have total control over what you're doing and also like you own the data mm. so you know I a gonna, lot of I was going
0: to go, there. go ahead.
1: yeah so so like a lot of like the X's and so forth like we talk about like you're renting the data right. you're renting the knowledge graph like you stop working with me like I'm going to give you an export of all your data your knowledge graph like you have all of that we're going to tell you what all the strategies are we're going to give you the choice in doing that so maybe we're just like the humankind, um, you know, type of, of place. But I know like when I sign up for a tool, like I want to make sure I'm gonna get ROI and, and I'm gonna have someone who's like working with me to get that. And so that's really, really the intent. Um and then the other piece we talked about this a little bit in the other show, but you know, like even though you set up everything at Schema App, it all lives on your site. And so as we journey through this, like sometimes I think it was like circa 2015, like we did host definitions of things at Schema App, but it didn't make sense because again, those entity definitions definitions or those things should be like within the schema markup hosted within the site. And so like an example would be is like you want to talk about, I know my head was going to finance, like you want to talk about a specific credit card, Mm -hmm. like if you want to define that entity, like you should have a page that talks about that on your site, right? And so that like as you're defining things, you're maybe making it more explicit with links to other places, but those other places are like Google's Knowledge Graph, like not someone else's website. So, you know, we really build everything to be nested in the schema markup so that it's owned by your knowledge graph and seen sort of you as the authority.
0: Spend more time showcasing the SEO expert you are to your clients. On Wix, smart SEO automations free you up to focus on more advanced tactics and strategies with features like automatic image optimization, including conversion to WebP, automated structured data creation, one-click indexation, inspections, and even automatic redirects. You can concentrate on the high-impact of SEO tasks that let you show off your expertise. We're proud to have them as a continued sponsor of Edge of the Web. Check out everything over at edgeofthewebradio.com forward slash Wix today. Wix always evolving. It's your investment into your library en- entities and yeah. you also need to be able to customize and put your own knowledge in there. We here over at SITE are continually interviewing subject matter expertise of our clients doing what we do here on the interview side of things. And we actually curate that and then pull that information out and pack it into content as well as structured Absolutely. data. That's the nuance. That's a specialty and that is the building of the trust and authority of of that knowledge graph on the website instead of renting it. I mean, there are some cool functions of Wordleph and inLinks and the like, but Wordleph has a database that's non-centralized. Well, it actually is centralized, and for them, yeah for them <laughs> not you it's, it's
1: easier to do it that way yes, right it is. so like i'll say it's easier to do it that way but it's also really more beneficial for them and we think it should be all about the customer and the last piece i think that like especially with large organizations is like there's also a play of like how does it truly deploy and what's the dependency on it and we've really built our capabilities to be able to integrate with any website mm-hmm. with very limited it you know but also be able to do it server side and you know i talked briefly about sort of like well some people are like hosting everything on the edge, right? Like they're able to do schema markup because they're hosting all of the HTML, like outside of, I'll say the architecture of like the organization. And while I say like that might work for smaller organizations, Mm -hmm. like large organizations will go for that because like they have too many IT controls and things that they want to, have control over the security of their site and right, how things right. are going. So, again, we've built it with sort of, I'll say, like you know, very secure kind of enterprise architecture in mind because, like, again, that's the right way to do it.
0: Yeah, and you have API harder,
1: but it's the right way to do. It. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, you have tag manager integration. You've got WordPress integration. You've got a number of different CMS platforms there.
1: Yeah, Drupal, uh, AM, right. yeah, you name it. Like, it will. Um, People are still using Drupal seriously. Oh, yeah. Gosh. yeah.
0: Terrible. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you're going into those common spaces and actually making it easier for that deployment. And again, at any point in time, if anybody wants to pick up stakes, they have all their data is exported out. So yep. and that's incredibly valuable because if you're renting it, then one, you don't have the ability to truly create that authority because it's always sinking back to a cloud. But secondly, in our era of external applications, these surgical scalpels, to use your reference there, it's... Very easy to just defer and not really do anything with that. You've got a scalpel, you still have to manage that and you have to create the nested nuance there. It's so easy of web in web dev to just move away is to see some automatic structured data being created and just walk away from it in these embedded tools. Yoast fires a number of different site structures, schema types, which is fantastic. But You got to do the work, folks. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges of adoption way back in 2016 up to now is that without that proof of verification of ROI, it didn't look like it was really that special. Now we're in a space where you should be looking for the best tools to be able to do that. All right. So
1: I guess guess one last point is like Google's also changing stuff in the rich result world. Right. So like just as. When we recorded this, we were, you know, it was end of April mm-hmm. and like they made a big announcement on how videos is changing and we're seeing like video structure data like yep. really bottom out. And, you know, I, I really think Google is driven this by like trying to drive more traffic to YouTube, frankly. Mm-hmm. But it means that like if you were counting on clicks from video, like you need to like be being agile, moving quickly and trying new things. And so again, sort of having something that you can, you have the ability to do that, right? You can move fast and be agile. And so that's
0: that's like reality. Yeah. You gotta trust in the application that's also updating its information regularly because the types and all of the different nuances of structured data have to be updated regularly. And if you have a plugin that you haven't updated in, you know, 15 months, how far off is it from the opportunity to not only optimize it, but is it broken? We've seen deployment of certain WordPress plugins where it just wasn't firing or it was out of compliance because it was a certain new required field just wasn't in there. You had to update that to be able to deploy it. So that said, trusting an application that is part of their DNA to be able to keep on the tip of the spear of these schema types. We certainly tip a hat to you there. Last thing I want to wrap because I want to be sensitive to time here. There's a lot in this tool. The highlighter is Incredibly cool. So, can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Sure. So, the is what we built in 2018 in order to help do things at scale. And it allows you to pick any element of the page. It also does things like XPath. So, if your pages have a bit of nuance, like some have this and some don't, we need to be able to identify it. But it is like our power tool. It's sort of what we do and use the most across all of our enterprise customers or anyone who wants to do things at scale. And so, again, something that allows you to be in control of like how you're doing your markup, how you're doing nesting, how you do proper semantics so it doesn't just like ask you to pick the video and say video, like it's like wanting to nest it under an image object, right? And mm-hmm. then have that specifically defined. And this is similar to like our merchant feed sort of automation where you can sort of like take all that robust hard work you've done to get your merchant feed going and convert it directly into schema markup. So lots of, Excuse lots me, of options. Excuse re- me, just
0: repeat that again for everybody who's playing at home. You, it, you have a very quick turnaround Around, you can actually pull all that merchant feed and be able to deploy that with yeah with, in with,
1: minutes like it's it, wow. it, like the setup takes like a couple of minutes so yeah those <laughs> like so there's some cool thing like we've been solving this and doing this for a long time and we just like we love bringing those capabilities again making seos the heroes and getting results right we want to help you kind of use speed and use skimmer markup to drive results and really delight people in sort of that journey
0: Martha, it's been a fantastic journey this show as well as a previous show. We certainly appreciate your time. If you've got two more minutes, I'd like to ask you a question just about owning a company in technology. Can you give that to me real quick? What advice would you have about aspiring technology Innovators who are just starting their career? Because you, you jumped in with both feet after a 14-year stint at Cisco. That's pretty unheard of. What type of uh, experiences can you share or, more importantly, guidance that you can give new SaaS software innovators?
1: Sure. So I think the first is you have to be patient <laughs> with yourself and with the industry because you know, like we started this journey a long time ago Mm -hmm. and kept having to articulate and understand it, but we, we stuck with it. Right. And then you just have to like learn, iterate, kind of keep moving. And then I would say like, pick something you're passionate about because it's like the journey's long and hard. So pick something you're really passionate about where you're really, really excited to kind of help that end user help that, that sort of end company sort of achieve those goals. Because I think those two things, like if you're really passionate about it, you sort of can find the patience to like, know that it'll come to, light one day. It'll be really fun.
0: You had patience just with the industry actually figuring out, oh, wow, schema, <laughs> Apple's doing that the entire time. So it must be gratifying. But how do you actually also foster that innovative culture inside of a company? You've grown, to is it 20 or 28 people?
1: Yeah. And I was like an innovator at Cisco too. I think like you just have to be really hungry to solve problems, right? And don't take no for an answer. You, you know, even when I was in my 20s, like I was so hungry to solve problems and just like come up with creative ways to make that little bit of progress. Right. So maybe you're super passionate about doing schema markup and like, everyone's like, I don't understand this. I don't get it. Like go and like create it by hand and get it on one page and like show that picture, right? Like be creative about sort of like, what does progress? Like, how do you make that one step forward and get someone else excited about it? And then sort of take that next step and then get someone else excited about it. It's Um, infectious. It really is. It is. And I think you just have to like celebrate each of those small steps, right? Like, it's, you can't be like, oh, well, I'm just going to be, you know, I'm going to be on the Edge Media Studios like podcast tomorrow because like I'm just rocking this. Like, know that like you have to go through that journey, but, but you can find ways to like make it move forward in, in not expensive, but you have to be creative and you have to be willing to take that risk.
0: Very good. Very good. Thank you so much for your time today. And we wish you all the best. of luck in the world. I think Schema's app. Time is nigh, so uh, we're, we're certainly jumping in there as a client. We're digging around in it, so we're excited about what we can do brandishing your software. Is there anything else that we can promote for you today here on The Edge?
1: Yeah, so the training is one thing like we want to give back to the industry so it's a you know Schema markup introduction, schema 101 so mm-hmm. we'll share that and then just you know like ask our questions join our webinars we want to hear from you and tell us what you like so if you follow us on LinkedIn schema app on LinkedIn like that's the best way to know what's going on and sort of new content we're building out.
0: I'm seeing that regularly with the kind of the new level new web three O type of software here. Calacube has an incredible background of training. Your training is exceptional. So we all need to be trained up. We all need to be understanding the the lay of the land here. So you guys are doing the right thing here. So we certainly recommend jumping in there. Any final thoughts for our digital marketing audience today?
1: Give it a try. Let's see that schema markup game get raised. Amp it up.
0: Amp it up. No, no, no. We don't like amp anymore. All right. <laughs> 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 Thank you so much, Martha. I appreciate it. Uh, we certainly are going to be following you from, from afar. And if you ever want to come back again and talk about what's really happening in structured data, yeah, the door is open to you. Thank you, Kylie. You're more than welcome. You want to track Martha down on Twitter at Martha Van Berkel, B-E-R-K-E-L. Also find her over on LinkedIn as well as other social uh, LinkedIn. Just go check out Schema app on LinkedIn. Then they also have a YouTube channel as well. So, uh Hey, it's a great application. And again, this was not a promo. This is us just geeking out on the tool, guys. So take it for for that value. Please don't forget to like and subscribe to Edge the Web on YouTube because we're pushing out a lot of cool edge cuts out of these interviews. And if you're really feeling up to it today, why don't you drop us a review at ratethispodcast.com forward slash edge. You can get into your respective podcast aggregator and let us know how we're doing. If you like this show, other shows, let us know, because that is how we can absolutely affect the algorithm and bubble up to the top in front of listeners who haven't come across us yet. So with all that being equal, make sure you check out all the must-see videos over there. And thanks to the sponsors of the show as well. Make sure that you jump over there and let them know that you heard them on the edge, because that's why they're here, to be able to reach you and be able to help you in your digital marketing journey. All right. From all of us over the edge, stay safe, stay well, and do not be a piece of cyber driftwood. We will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.